Music, news, entertainment. It's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly, and we are super excited about our conversations this week. Up first is Emmy-nominated actor Joshua Morrow from The Young and the Restless. Then we chat with rising Canadian pop soul group New City. We also welcome our music editor Sharon Hyland talking about the most recent social debacle, which is Kanye West. And we bring you some new music as well that you definitely need to know about. But first, we want to welcome to the show an Emmy-nominated actor who has legions of fans after portraying the character of Nicholas Newman on The Young and the Restless since 1994. Joshua Morrow, thank you for joining us on The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So before we delve into your tenure on YNR, I wanted to take you back to childhood a little bit. I know you were and are quite the athlete, and so I think a lot of us, your fans, might have thought that you would have headed towards a career in, in some kind of sporting endeavor. So how did you know that you wanted to head into acting? You know, I kind of fell into it, and you are correct. I mean, sports is my first love and always will be. I still, to this day, play multiple sports uh, all week long. Um, It's just who I am. I was put on this earth to beat people at things. So I'm a hyper-competitive human, and I just love competing. So the acting thing, honestly, I fell into it because I was playing college basketball and needed an elective, and... um, theater was there and that's honestly where all the hot chicks were i mean there wasn't a lot of like uh competition for me i hate to sound like that guy but it was literally i went in there because like there's a lot of beautiful women in here and uh took theater and realized early on that i absolutely loved it i'd never acted a day in my life and uh started it and kind of by default i was given a bunch of lead roles because there wasn't many like uh leading men in my acting group and class and uh, just really fell in love with it. Um, I remember to this day, the day I called my dad and told him I was quitting the basketball team because I wanted to focus on acting and he just couldn't believe it. But uh, it really paid off and uh, I'm happy to say I've been doing this 25 years and been happy about it ever since. Awesome. Well, we're very happy that you are are doing what you do because we all love you so much as Nicholas Newman. Um, Can you tell us how you got the chance to audition for the character of Nick Newman? And and what do you think made the casting agents pick you out of the pack of actors who were trying to get that job? You know, honestly, I don't know. I ask myself that all the time. I don't feel like there's anything particularly special about me. Also, considering I never, you know, had these huge Shakespearean aspirations of being an actor and stuff but i was found because i was doing a play and we were getting reviewed in the la times uh every night i was i was performing to a few uh talent scouts and managers who were kind of checking it out because it was kind of a splashy write-up and a really cool play called dark of the moon and i met this guy after one of my shows and he just said i really think you could do this for a living if you give me a chance i was like yeah cool uh, not thinking anything about it. And uh, I started kind of modeling a little bit to try and make some money, which I was absolutely terrible at. But um, I ended up auditioning for Bold and the Beautiful, which was my third audition. And I got really dang close to getting it. I got a screenshot for it with multiple times with multiple people. And it got down to the wire. And uh, ultimately, the network went with somebody else for the part of Dylan. But... Um, they told me after that they said, don't be too heartbroken because the network really likes you. They would like you to go and read for our sister show, Young and the Restless. They got this role, Nick, who they have not been able to find. And we think you'd be perfect for. Uh, so I just assumed it'd be another like long drawn out, you know, 
callbacks, uh, reading for producers, directors, whatever. I went in there and read one time, and they offered me the job. And it was, I always say, get, not getting Bold and the Beautiful was my greatest failure because it led me to the role of Nick Newman, which I think I was kind of born to play. That's awesome. Now, you have been uh, a mainstay on Young and the Restless for pretty much 25 years, and uh, I'm sure you recognize this. No matter what your character seems to do, uh, even though sometimes it's bad, you seem to get a free pass. <laughs> and I'm wondering if some of your co-stars uh, do not enjoy that, because it seems like Nick Newman can do no wrong ever, even just you know recently uh, sleeping with Phyllis. Yeah, they give me a hard time about it, um, and I get it. I mean, uh, he, he does some crazy things, and usually ends up coming out smelling like roses and uh you know it, it's not always easy because it makes me kind of a target with my with my castmates they love giving me a hard time about it but you know listen nick's made a lot of mistakes but i know in his core he's a really good dude um you know he just has uh you know like like myself i mean we just have some questionable uh decision making in our past so um <laughs> You know, he's, he's a good guy. At the end of the day, he's a good guy. And outside some monogamy issues, you know, at his core, he's really made of good stuff. So um, I always say my greatest compliment to Nick is, is if he was a real dude, we would be homeboys. I like him. That's great. Now, your character, Nick, has, has, I guess I'll call it like a new lease on life these days with, you know, his, his transformation that's going on from, you know, lovable bar owner, family man to Rico Suave business dude, uh, complete with the designer suits, the ties, and this new uh, clean cut look that you've got going on. What's, ha- what's it been like for you to almost do this 180? It's been really fun. It's been, um, you know, I, I kind of felt like my character got into a bit of a rut, you know. Um, I was like, you know, he's got to be a little more ambitious and a little more, like, uh, driven. And he was kind of pushed into this by his father. But I love it. I mean, I know that I'm angering a lot of the, uh, the stalwart Young and Restless fans. But it's so much fun to play. I mean, if you think about it, you get into acting because you want to play a bunch of roles. You want to experiment. You want to uh, take on different things and identities and stuff. And to be given this opportunity by our writers and producers, I just really relish it. And I have not been this excited in a long time. I, I'm really enjoying it. I know I'm pissing off a lot of people. But hopefully, you know, the fans stick with it and see that, uh, you know, Nick's always been the swing and miss guy. Like, he, he loves to take big chances. He'd like to, you know, try new things. And he's going to go down this path. And uh, ultimately, we'll see what happens. But... I can't wait to see what, what they do with him. He's, this, this, this angle on Nick has got a, uh, a ton of potential, and I really cannot wait. I wanted to ask you, Josh, do you like the, the fact that you now have to be all dressed up in most of your, your scenes? Like you're in these fancy suits, whereas before you were in the jeans and the nice shirt and, and you could have your scruffy beard, but now it seems like there's lots more work involved just in your appearance. Yeah, man, I'm not a groomer uh, <laughs> at all. I mean, I'm sure... Anyone on my cast will attest to. I mean, I wear basketball shorts and cutoff shirts, and I don't like to comb my hair and <laughs> shave much. But uh, you know, it, it was kind of part of it. I don't know how long the completely clean-shaven face is going to last because, frankly, I just don't feel like me. Now, granted, you know, I'm not Nick, and uh, you know, I needed to take certain steps to kind of portray this character. But um, it's just. You know, it is what it is. I, I I do not like wearing suits, but I have to admit, when I put them on, I kind of feel powerful, and it's kind of part of the character. 
I remember my high school guidance counselor calling me into her office one day and says, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And then in typical uh, me fashion, I said, honestly, I don't care as long as I don't have to wear a suit. I just want to hang out and have fun and be successful and, uh, you know, be comfortable. And here I am, you know, and Nick had to wear a suit for several years. So, I'll, you know, it's not anything that's out of the ordinary, but it, it's not something I'm like uh, really digging the suits every day, but it is what it is. Well, you look good. You look good. So I'm just going to tell you, especially because they're like, hey, well, they're like you. super tailored to your body. So it's like they pour you into the suit. So all of us ladies, we're loving it. Oh, well, you know, at the end of the day, I always have that. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm... <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> Joining us on the show is uh, Emmy-nominated actor Joshua Morrow from The uh, the Young and the Restless. I have to continue along that line of questioning for just a sec. Because they sort of pour you into these suits, um, and we still see you without your shirt every now and again, how important is it for you to be at the gym and eating right? You know, I never go to the gym anymore. In all honesty, I play a lot of uh, beach volleyball and soccer, and I, I do soul cycle. Do you know what that is? I have heard of it. Yeah, I try and stay in shape that way. I, I mean, I lifted, I was a football player. I've lifted weights probably three, four days a week every day for, let's just say, starting at age 14 to, let's call it, 39. So for 25 years, I did that. Now the idea of going in a gym and lifting weights, it, it just kills me. But you can see the results. Like, I don't have the arms I used to have anymore, and my frame is definitely not the way it used to be, but... I figure if I stay active in my other sports, then hopefully I'll still be able to, uh, you know, look okay. <laughs> I mean, you're on TV every day. You've got to try and, uh, you know, keep some shape. But uh, it's the focus uh, on that is, is, is not as, like, prevalent in my life. I'm mean, I still trying to eat well. But, you know, I, if, if everyone's enjoying it, then, I, then, I'm, then I'm cool. But really, I just play sports and hope for the results that way. Cool. Now, you know, for as long as you both have been on the show, Sharon Case and yourself is who I'm talking about, your characters, Nick and Sharon, you know, they sort of keep coming and going into each other's lives, especially because obviously you're, you're co-parents. Um, I've kind of viewed you guys as, even though you both have different identities and different ways of doing things, I kind of view you guys as the next generation, Victor and Nikki. Is that how you guys see yourself? Because I feel like you will always come back to each other. And when, you know, Eric uh, Braden retires and Melody Thomas Scott retires, I feel like you'll shift right into that role in, in your own way. Do you feel that? Like, do you feel like you guys are the, the ultimate love story for your generation? Well, they have kind of written it. It's a very uh, Romeo and Juliet type uh, way of falling in love. Um, you know, I'll never compare myself to Victor just because he's one of a generational character and actor. And, you know, it's, I, I don't think I could ever feel his shoes or come close to it. But the way they tell the story, you can tell it certainly um, mirrors what they've done. And it makes sense. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, Nick and Sharon probably belong together forever, but it's a story and we're in the business of entertaining. So they're going to break us up and put us back together and it's going to be beautiful. And then it's going to be sad. And then it's going to be, you know, exhilarating and exciting. And then somebody's going to get heartbroken and hurt. So I do like that. Uh, they always kind of have each other and it's, you know, I know, Sharon Case is an unbelievable actress, and anytime they put us together, then it's like, cool, let's do it, and then we'll see what happens, and then, you know, I know it's not going to be forever, but it's the nature of the beast, and uh, I know there's, you know, millions of people who are always rooting for them and, you know, get very angry when they get broken apart, but, uh, you know, just know they will always find their way back to each other, assuming Sharon 
ultimately forgives Nick for his, you know, usual transgressions. <laughs> I wanted to ask you this. I've always found, uh, I think one of the reasons why I stay with soap operas so long, especially Young and the Restless, is because you guys always tell important stories, I think, almost before it becomes okay for the rest of the world to talk about it. Like, I remember, you know, several years back when Eileen Davidson did the whole story about um, her having breast cancer. This is probably like 10, 12 years ago. Um, and I remember it being so groundbreaking at the time. And, and now with Sharon's character having a mental illness and you guys exploring that, especially because a lot of her actions impact Nick on the show, do you find as a storyteller and as an actor that it's it's been important to tell this story and to try to um, portray it in such a, um, you know, a, a unique and a and a, and a Honest way. Oh, of course. I mean, long before uh, I started walking on these stages, uh, we were cutting edge in that regard. I mean, Bill Bell always had a, uh, a real drive to tell impacting stories and kind of ahead of his time. Um, you know, I take great pride in that. Um, I think our show does a very good job of hitting, you know, multiple current and relevant issues. Um, and I'm proud of it. It's, uh, you know, it's just another reason why I think our show is so incredibly and well done. We just really tend to try and focus on telling stories that hit a lot of different people and hopefully in all the right places because, you know, we're in the business of entertaining and we got to do it every single day and it's not always easy. I mean, we have to tell stories and do our best to try and make everyone happy. But at the end of the day, you know, we're just not going to do that. Like, you know, we're going to anger some people. We're going to make some people maybe turn it off for a week, but, you know, hopefully they stick with us and see that we're, you know, we're working hard and trying hard to entertain and keep people watching the show because we love this medium very much. Speaking of the medium, I wanted to get your opinion on this. Two questions, actually. One is the fact that I remember watching, um, you know, in the 90s, the soaps, and there was like, I think 15, like, American soaps or 16 at the time. Like, there was just a ton of them. Now, if we look today, I believe there's four American uh, soaps, you know, including you and, and The Bold and Beautiful and, and of course, GH and, and Days. Has it been scary for you, Joshua, over the years watching all your colleagues lose jobs at other gigs and also just the genre itself um, being cut down so much? Yeah, it's tough, you know. Um, listen, people's viewing habits and the ability to be entertained have just changed on a massive scale. I mean, back in those, you know, golden era of soaps, there were seven to 10 channels, you know, you didn't have to fight very hard for eyeballs. Now, I mean, my goodness, I have 1200 channels on my TV, 1200. So, you know, you're looking around for, you know, different ways to keep, to keep the audience entertained and, you know, checking you out. And it's, it's hard. And I've had a lot of friends lose their jobs. And, you know, I am fearful of that because it's, you know, it's not just for me. We have, you know, an incredible crew who have, you know, families and they, they drive great distances and that great sacrifice to come and work for our show. And I just, I believe in what we do. I believe there is a, uh, there's a market for this still. Um, you know, we're trying to stay current. We've changed the model. We've changed the way we do things, the pacing and so forth. And you either have to adapt or, you know, frankly, you will die. So this show, I think, is really, really focused on trying to to keep that niche that we've carved out. And uh, I think we're doing a pretty good job so far. So I, I'm still optimistic. I have high hopes. I think the Young and Restless is going to be on the air for a very, very long time. And I sure hope the other three do as well. 
I uh, realize you've had a ton of stories over the uh, the 25 years you've been on the show, um, and I'm sure a lot of the storylines are like your babies, but is there one or two that really stick out to you all time that you are so proud to be a part of? Yeah. Uh, you know, I always say my favorite and least favorite storyline was when Kathy died. I thought it was uh, a storyline that uh, we still tell. Uh, it impacted so many characters on our show. We've gotten a ton of mileage out of it. Uh, it really, really worked. It was a beautifully told story with, I thought, some incredible performances. Um, you know, it was hard to tell, but very, very rewarding. Um, I also really love the Nick, Phyllis, Sharon triangle when it first started. I thought it really catapulted those three characters into a uh, kind of a leading type situation and, and made it very, very, uh, it was hot. It was sticky. It was difficult. It, it hurt. Um, it just was, I thought, a very mature story to tell. And I thought, you know, for myself, it really, really gave me something to do in like a leading man type uh, role. And I was very thankful for it. And I just, I love the pacing of it. I loved the, the dialogue I thought was just the best. And the performances, I think that, that Michelle Stafford and Sharon Case gave were just awesome and for me it was probably my favorite uh in in that regard you know i like this story i know i'm pissing off a lot of fans and you know anytime you uh anytime you feel really good about yourself just go on social media and you'll they'll just crush you (laughs) you know they're like ah he's not good enough to handle it and you know they're doing all this for him which means other people can't come back and you know i i really am enjoying it. it it's given nick a complete new like lease on life and uh I'm really looking forward to seeing the struggles he's going to have and maintaining, you know, his his moral code that he seems very uh, hell bent on 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 retaining. So that's a, this is a good one for me. I mean, I know there's people who don't like it, but uh, at the risk of sounding, uh, you know, like I don't care, I kind of don't care a little bit. I'm having a lot of fun. I have to ask you this: What's the the most important thing that you've learned working so closely with Eric Braden uh, for all these years? You know, Eric gets a bad rap. Uh, he, um, when I first started, he could be difficult, but in his core, he cares so much about the show and the work and remaining true and, and telling stories as real as possible. So whenever we have scenes together, they're usually home runs because the dude brings it, man, like all the time. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of things flying around about him, but I can tell you, this dude cares very much about his character and the show and the direction of our cast. And uh, he's been a tremendous role model for me. Um, Those moments where we'll have a scene and it just, you know, the set is stone silent and it's he and I, and we have this very complicated relationship. And he just gives me this look like he's kind of got a gleam in his eye and he nods his head and he lets me know that he was proud of me in that scene. And that just means everything to me. Um, I will, uh, I will always go to bat for my man. He's a good friend of mine and been, been a big part of my life. Now, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you three questions just to, uh, let your fans who might not know a little bit more about Josh. So I wanted to ask you favorite artist or band of all time. Oh, Pearl Jam. Easy. They're my go-to. I, I, I could sing pretty much every song to every album. I've, I've toured around the country watching them there. PJ is my jam, man. I, I'd never get sick of them. I don't know. I could listen to him on a drive for like six hours and never change the channel. Favorite food you'd eat every day if calories didn't count? Cheeseburgers. No (laughs) doubt about it.
I'm a, I'm a Oklahoma boy through and through, man. I wish I could have a cheeseburger every single day with some fries and maybe a shake and a root beer. Boom. That's what I'm talking about. And coolest person in your phone apart from your family and friends? Coolest person in my phone? Uh, I'd say Charles Barkley. We've been friends for uh, over 20 years. Great, great, great man. Uh, love his wit. Love his sense of humor. He's actually an unbelievably smart guy. Good man. He's done a lot of cool things for me, and uh, we've had some great times, things I can talk about, things I can't, but uh, he's a really good and fascinating man. I hope each and every one of you gets to meet him someday because what a great guy. And last question for you, Josh. Uh, I think a lot of us, especially who have been watching Young and the Restless for so long, who feel like, uh, you know, we know obviously you're playing a character as all of you guys are on the show, but I think a lot of us feel like you become part of our family because you're on our TV screens five days a week, you know, all year round. Um, what do you want your fans of The Young and the Restless and fans of Joshua Moore to know about the cast and the crew and, and, and the family vibe that I'm sure really is there uh, when the cameras aren't rolling? You know, I think the thing that I would like everyone to know is that just how incredibly hard we work for them. It's not easy what we do. We work year-round, long hours. The amount of dialogue we sometimes have to learn would make a lot of people melt. Um, but we do it because we love this medium. Um, we know it's been under some stress. We know some people are looking at other ways of uh, being entertained. But we work our tails off, and we love each other. And everyone, I think, is so flippin' funny, you wouldn't believe it. But at the end of the day, all we do is work our asses off to tell a great show. And uh, we're nothing without the fans. I mean, they keep tuning in to us. And uh, we don't forget it. We are very, very fortunate to have the most loyal fans in the world. And we never forget it. Well, Josh, we love you. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. You're welcome back anytime. And uh, please uh, do another 25 years on the show. Oh, I will try. I will try for sure. Thank you very much for having me and really appreciate the support. That's Emmy-nominated actor Joshua Morrow from The Young and the Restless. Make sure to follow the show on Instagram at Young and the Restless CBS. Hey, it's Kelly, and joining us on the show now is our esteemed music editor, Sharon Highland, and we have lots to talk about with regards to... You can laugh now, Sharon. You know why? Because when when I'm around too much esteemed, my hair goes curly. It's... It's true. Oh, it's Monday bad. hair. Hey now. Uh, so happy to have you back on the showgram. You haven't been on KAS for a little while. A hot Things minute, have if changed. you will. Things have changed. I like what you've done with the place. I appreciate that. <laughs> so uh, you were here to talk about uh, Kanye West and his most recent crazy, which was his appearance on the season premiere of Saturday Night Live, uh, where he was the featured musical guest. So Sharon, I want to start by talking, I guess, about his actual appearance. Uh, first, his performances, and then the ridiculous rant at the end. So I guess I'll start off with, did you see him dressed as the Perrier bottle? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? It's not, he looked like he was enjoying his own little joke, but like he wasn't trying to get away with anything. Mm-hmm. He thought he was legit funny or cute or something. Like, uh, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. He is so far out of the canon right now. Like, I don't even know... Because and it. the song was terrible and well and I'll, I'll backtrack for a second and I think you already know this but for our audience, I am a strong believer in not liking Kanye West. <laughs> like I, 
I, I have never thought he's a good rapper. I just don't. I think some of his production beats are good. He's done some some good, or especially early on in his career before he started, you know, having an artist career himself. But as a rapper, I find him terrible for the most part. And then his inflated ego, which has just gone ridiculously paramount and crazy over the last several years. So then to come on and have everybody, first of all, pining for you, and then you come out and it's a season premiere, and you're supposed to bring your A game. Like, you're supposed to bring your A game for SNL. No. I just think that, like, anything else, if it gets to a place where, you know, like, it's too expensive, it's like a super expensive restaurant, Mm -hmm. or you go somewhere, like a really nice golf course, and you play golf, Mm -hmm. and it's super expensive, um, you have a higher expectation of the outcome. Right. So Kanye's got this ego that precedes him. You have to shove his head through the door to get in the room. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like that. You have this expectation, so you're you're uh, you're marking him on on how great he thinks he is. Correct. And he thinks and he's he very could great. never be that great. No. So he's setting himself up for failure. But what he's also setting himself up is sort of a self-deprecating. Oh, they bullied me. Mm-hmm. No, it could be honestly that you're just not that good. Well, he keeps telling everybody he's a genius. Well, you can't tell people that you're a genius. You just sort of have to be one. Right. And and I guess my problem, too, with him, like, he and I are similar in age, and I just have this thing where I'm like, at, at this age, and even if we were 20, you know, um, you be humble. Like, be like Kendrick Lamar says, be humble. Mm-hmm. Like, just, he, he has no reason to act how he acts, and it's such a cry for attention. And then, not to bring in the Kardashians too much, but I was just reading an article about, I guess, one of their shows, which I don't watch, but um, neither. they were talking about I guess Kim was having a conversation with one of her sisters and it was basically over how now that they have three kids, you know, like her tension is really on the kids. Like they're, they're all young. They're like under the age of five. As they should be. Right. But he apparently has a problem with her not, you know, focusing on him as much. And I'm like, hey, now she's got like an eight month old. And then I guess Saint is two and then North must be four or five, whatever age is. What's the name of the eight month old? Chicago. Of course. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm sitting there going... (laughs) Why is Kim defending herself about her attention on her kids? Like, I'm happy she's paying attention to the munchkins. Like, that's important. And this 40-year-old man, maybe you should pay attention to your kids and get a sense of reality and not make it all about you. And this performance on SNL, all of it was terrible. And and I almost feel like you that that the universe gives him this free pass constantly that all of his stuff is magical. And I'm like, it's not. But it's not. But what I think that uh, a platform like SNL offers is uh, is while it's a promotional opportunity, if you have new music and you want to come on, mm-hmm. he's a hot topic because of how out of control his ego is. Right. So you have better bring your A game, like you said. Mm-hmm. But if your A game drops down a few letters, well, it looks then like... it's on you. It's not you being bullied. It's not, yeah. uh, you know... It looked like a college talent show. Well, his rant ended up well, referring yeah, the rant. to him I being wanted to bullied. Ask, yeah. And all the cast members, it was after the show wrapped up, right? So Credits had rolled, all that stuff. So a lot of the footage was thanks to Chris Rock mm-hmm. running his phone. And you can hear him muttering underneath the, oh my God, as a reaction, a legit, genuine reaction to the crazy mm-hmm. that he's watching. But you see all the cast members standing there too going... They're just sort of waiting, like why did waiting you put for me it in to this? be finished. Yeah, yeah. So who's being bullied? Mm-hmm. Him or is he doing it to them? Right. Well, didn't Adam Driver walk off or something at some point? He was, or like he was in the to... way in the back. Okay, but still there, and I you can't blame him for walking off. It's not his thing. And so, the other thing I would want to to bring to your attention is why do you think 
because this is my thing. It's it's mind-boggling to me how many years we go by where Kanye keeps getting attention. Like, to me, we should just forget him. Like, your stuff's not magical. No one cares. Um, you're not breaking the bank anymore with making all kind of hit singles and all this stuff. Like, no one cares. So why do people, do you think, still give him a platform? Because he's so ridiculous that it's something to talk about on Monday? Like, Well, it's a trigger. Okay. For sure. It's a great promo tool. Do something crazy and then, oh, then you listen. And so either... Uh, you like what you hear and you buy it Mm -hmm. or you listen and you move on. And the way that um, music is measured online for streams, a certain number of streams equal uh, the equivalent, like I don't remember the equation in this moment, Mm -hmm. but it's a certain number of views equal... Financial exactly gain, yeah. So that's how come that's how come YouTube views are important Mm -hmm. and all those other platforms that they can monetize it that way. Because people aren't buying hard copies necessarily as much as they used to. Right. So if you do cuckoo stuff and you know that there's video along with that, then people will view that. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they're buying it, but that's how they can... That's my opinion anyways. Right. I could be completely wrong. But if you act like a, a, a kook, then it's going to get you some attention whether it's good or not. And look, how long have we been talking about him now? Also true. Last thing before we wrap up. Um, somebody online today said that they were concerned that he is having another mental breakdown. Do you buy that or do you think he's just being ridiculous off the chain? Uh, yeah, I, anything's possible. Okay. Meaning it, he could very well be having a, a, a breakdown, but he seemed fairly clear in what he was saying yeah. and what he was doing. Well, that's, that was my point too. And the Make America Great Again cap, I think, you're, I think you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. When you do some, when you put on a cap like that, not just you're not just you know looking to promote love and 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 preach peace and we got to try something different. I don't think you're doing that because you know that that's not a cap that necessarily preaches love or peace. Right. You have to know that exactly. Right. Sharon Highland, thank you, Kelly. It's a pledge. Uh, that is our music editor, Sharon Highland. And don't forget that you can actually listen to Sharon and I host our podcast, 90s Now, where we give you your fix of all things 90 and all things now. And you can find us at 90snow.com. <laughs> what also, a clever title. It's so cl- clever. <laughs> oh, wait, you came up with it. Um, also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. New music on The Kelly Alexander Show. Number three. And I will show you love like no You'll never guess. That is Lady Gaga being a part of Nile Rodgers and Sheik's new album, It's About Time. It's their first new album in 25 years. And Niles decided to uh, recruit the uh, the A-level uh, stars, if you will. So Lady Gaga, a part of the album. Also Elton John, Haley Steinfeld, Craig David, Stefan Don. It's fantastic. So definitely check them out. Loving this uh, song, of course, from Lady Gaga. And uh, it's her version, I guess we could say, of their old hit, I Want Your Love. Number two. I won't let this pull me overboard. God keep my head above water. Don't let me drown. Avril Lavigne back with her first new music in five years. The song is called Head Above Water. It's the first release off her upcoming new album. Now, this particular song, very personal to Avril because over the last several years, 
she's been fighting an intense battle with Lyme disease, which is debilitating. And when she actually came up with the idea uh, for this song, she was lying in bed. Her mom was next to her and she was you know, undergoing such crazy symptoms uh, from Lyme disease that she actually thought she was dying. And in those moments, that's when some of those words and ideas for the song came about. So, of course, we wish her all the best as she continues to uh, go through the process of having Lyme disease. But, of course, I think she's had a renewed sense of self um, putting out new music and we cannot wait for the new album which hopefully will be out before the end of the year number one macy gray grammy award winning macy gray she recently released her new album called ruby i think it's fantastic and you're actually hearing a bunch of uh, different songs. I couldn't pick one because they're, they're all so amazing. So uh, you're hearing tracks from Over You, Tell Me, and her single, which is actually called Sugar Daddy. And the album has so many eclectic sounds. There's funk, there's soul, there's R&B, and even big band. And uh, I really hope she tours this album because I think a lot of people will love to see this show live. New music on The Kelly Alexander Show. Time now for our chat with rising Canadian pop soul group New City. These three boys have only been together for a short time, but they've already had success with their songs Dirty Secrets and Getting Closer. They were recently in Montreal, and we were able to hook up with them for a chat. The Kelly Alexander Show. So happy to welcome back to The Kelly Alexander Show, the boys of New City. Hi, guys. How's it going? Yo. I told you guys off here that I almost wore my John Deere hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have two self-respecting light show. Um, light show farmers amongst us. Which more I one. More one. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just like a helping hand. I like I'm that. Helping. <laughs> helping hand farmer. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um, but so I didn't, because I figured, I know you're a messy Ferguson guy. I am. So I, I didn't want to upset the other person. <laughs> so since the last time we spoke to you, new song is out called Getting Closer. And it's getting amazing reception across the country. Mm -hmm. Did you have an inkling when you guys were writing the song that it was gonna be something special? Yeah, it was kind of like I think out of even the first melodies and stuff that we put down over like the chords you made yeah. and stuff. We just kind of felt it all come out, and then it uh, all the words kind of started meaning something, and yeah, it totally gave us that vibe when we started yeah. making. Do you guys write lyrics first or do melody first? Like how does that? Work? It's kind of a hybrid. hybrid. Like sometimes yeah. you get the melody, and then like there's like five words you get, but you need to yeah. make sure you fill up the nine, so you kind of you work around them, you know? Uh, it's yeah. kind of like a little game. And are you, like, do you write to piano? Do you write to guitar first? Like, how does that? Changes every time. Every yeah. time. Sometimes they start in the studio, they produce, so. Yeah, could be a could be a drum beat, could be a guitar thing, could be chords, could be... Just could be something we're having in our life, too. Yeah, like, it yeah. could just be, like, I'm having a bad day. They're, like, kind of like my, my fuel to go yeah. that, or, or the opposite. Yeah. Now, last time we also spoke, I know we had discussions that you guys were, like, even at one point sleeping on the floor because you, yeah, you were trying were. to get everything together. Yeah. So, like, a year has passed. What has changed the most in that year because of your career taking off? My hair growth. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's true, you also have a hair growth. Yeah, we, hair change. we uh, just haven't cut our hair in a long, in a long time. <laughs> we're just letting it go. That first tour, yeah. yeah. yeah I really think, like, the go. respect for the music as well, like, just seeing how, how it's done and what it's done for us, mm, yeah. it's really made us eager to understand like where our music can take us in, in that yeah. way. So I think it's brought a whole new sense of like awakeness to to this industry and what we really want. And um, we're showing that in our writing, I think it reflects on that. Yeah. When it comes to the Canadian music scene, um, how do you feel you know, your place in it? Do you find like you're you're getting your place in it and you're meeting a bunch of other Canadian acts? Like, is it going well? It is, yeah, totally. We've, we feel like uh, people have embraced us and stuff, but we still feel like new because we're always just with each other. So we never even really get yeah. to hang out with, okay. with many other people and whatnot. But we feel like from afar, 
People are loving it, and it yeah. feels warm, so it's good. Yeah. Speaking of people loving it, talk to us about this Timbaland hookup. You guys are going to be working in Los Next Angeles, yeah. and yeah. so how did the Timbaland thing work out? So he actually reached out as we were shooting the Coachella music video in Palm Springs. Um, we were having like an after party after we were done shooting, and we just got uh, Pat, our manager, came by, and we were like chilling by the pool, and he's like, "Yo, Timbaland just hit us up and like liked your guys' music." We're like, "Timbaland." <laughs> Like we had no expectations or anything, and then we met oh, him. Big fans, so. Yeah, of course, like yeah. literally a legend. Like, so we met him. I think the time after we went to LA, and mm -hmm. we started talking about music, and then ended up in the studio after that. Mm. It's just crazy to be around somebody that is so uh, not only successful but just talented and passionate about making music. Because that's what we're about. Like, we just love the music. So. And do you think, speaking of LA, yeah. do you think you guys are going to actually have to move down there, live down there full-time, or is Canada still home for you We want to be bi-coastal. Yeah, we want to be both. Okay. We, we love Canada and we love LA, so I think we're going to have to get... Canada's great, honestly. Yeah. Every time I go somewhere else, I, I come back and I'm like, I love Canadian people. I yeah. love you get in the Pearson Airport, and then like you drive into Toronto and stuff. Like, man, oh, man, yeah, man, man, it feels safe. Yeah. It feels good. Not the name of Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's just a great film. Can we talk a little bit about Toronto? Because there's so many acts now coming yeah. out of Toronto. Yeah. Do you find it's hard to find your place in there, or is it there's enough room for everybody? It kind of pushes you to make yourself your own a little bit more. Yeah. Like it's so it's there's so many different things that like kind of it's it, a good stress. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it it uh, it makes you celebrate the differences. Yeah. And any differences that you have as an artist is what makes you special and unique and what will make you cut through is those are the things that you should be celebrating and proud of. And we just started so we don't even know where it's where we're about we're to three fit. songs in, right. yeah, like we're just excited yeah. to And what's the goals for you guys in the next six months to a year? Like writing next week, but like do you have like Release our EP, we okay. got we got more music coming for everybody and then an album as well. And yeah. then uh, you can catch us, we're gonna try to play some shows or do our own. Yeah, so. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um any message that you have for your not only Montreal fans but fans around the world that are learning about New City. What do you want them to know the most about New City? Like what makes you stand out from other people? Uh, it's hard. That's actually, like, we're just, like, relatable because we're dreamers, I think. Like, we're just yeah, three guys yeah. that really, really love pop music, and we just want to put it out and see, see how far it can take us. Have a good time, yeah. And Adrian's hair. Yeah, the John Stamos hair, I love it. Uh, guys, thank you so much for hanging out. Thank we you. appreciate thank it. You. New City on The Kelly Alexander Show. The Kelly Alexander Show. Thank you so much for spending time with us on the show this week. And a big thank you going out to our guests, Joshua Morrow and New City. And of course, a big thank you as well to our producer, Adam Brisson, for keeping the show together and on the rails. Also want to give Adam a little extra shout out because Why? we now, Adam, this is great news. You managed to get us on Google Play. I did. It's official. It is official. So we are not only on iTunes, on Stitcher Radio, but now Google Play. So our friends in the Android world can totally hook up and check us out. So Adam, merci beaucoup. You got it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Also, make sure that you follow us on all of our social media. And of course, uh, you can do so by jumping onto our website, kellyalexandershow.com. And we would love for you to check out our YouTube channel to grab all of our uh, on-screen interviews, youtube.com slash kellyalexandershow. Have a great week. You and I will chat soon.